Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, howdy, Earth Rangers, and welcome to this here podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma, and today we're going to saddle up and learn all about horses. Giddy up! on into our main feature. Let's play a little game. Come on. I'm going to head over to our animal wing to where we house our animal ambassadors here at Earth Rangers headquarters. It's time to hear from a little friend of mine. I can't wait for you to meet her. Oh, hello there, my dear. How are you? You want to help me with our Who Am I feature today? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Ready, Earth Rangers? Listen closely to this sweet animal ambassador. What on earth made that noise? Here's a clue. It was definitely not a horse. I'll be revealing the answer at the end of the podcast, so stick around. Now, let's get to today's creature feature. Creature feature! Creature feature! Now, as you know, you can always leave me a message by going to earthrangers.com slash podcast and clicking on the green leave us a message button in the bottom right corner. I love hearing all of your comments and suggestions, like this one. Earth Ranger Emma, your podcast is so cool. I love it. I listen to it every day. From Julia. I really, really, really like horses. Do you? Hi, Earth Rangers. My name is Ari, and I want to ask you if you guys can make a podcast about horses. Hi, Earth Ranger Emma. Do you think you could do an episode on horses, horses and the wild ones that are still out there? Hi, Earth Ranger Emma. My name is Aurora. Mine's Hugh. Could you maybe make an episode about horses? And we're from Iceland. Bye. Oh, horses. Hi, Aurora and Sue from Iceland and everyone else who has requested this topic. When I was a little girl, I used to ride a pony called Thunder. Despite his name, he was so lovely and gentle. He lived on a farm near my house, but lots of horses don't have such a comfortable life. In fact, did you know that there are feral horses? Those are horses that live on their own in the wild, but are descended from domesticated horses. There's no one to feed these feral horses sugar cubes and apples. No one to brush their manes. 
no one to muck their stalls. Because, of course, they don't have stalls. They live out in the wilderness. You can find feral horses in many different places around the world. In Canada, we have feral horses that live on Sable Island, Nova Scotia. These horses were brought to Sable Island in the 1750s. They were taken from mainland Acadian settlers by the British. Initially, farming took place on Sable Island, but eventually the farmers left, along with all the other people and farm animals, leaving only the horses behind. There are presently around 500 horses on the island, and they've learned to adapt to the environment. These horses have thick, woolly coats to help keep them warm during winter. Speaking of wintertime, that's when Sable Island horses struggle most. During a harsh winter, the temperatures are freezing cold and food can be hard to come by. If you are listening in the United States, you might have heard about Mustangs. Mustangs are feral horses that are descended from horses brought to the USA by the Spanish in the 16th century. These feral horses live on grasslands in the western part of the country. They are medium-sized horses and they come in a variety of colors. But are there any truly wild horses? Not feral horses descended from domesticated horses, but really, really wild horses that were never ever domesticated by humans? Hold up. Before we can answer that question, I think we have to hit the brakes or pull the reins for a second and talk about domestication. Mm, let's look at dogs, for example. A very long time ago, they were much like wolves. Ancient cultures domesticated dogs so they became much more friendly. Well, when you compare them to their wolf ancestors. You sure wouldn't want to pet a wolf. But how did this domestication happen? Well, people from these ancient cultures took the friendliest wolves and bred them with each other. It took many, many generations. But by always selecting the friendliest wolves in each litter to continue breeding, over time, these animals changed so much so that they were no longer wolves. A very similar thing happened with horses. Thousands of years ago, people took wild horses and by selectively breeding them, they created the various horse breeds we know today. Nowadays, we have over 200 different dog breeds, but we also have wolves in the wild. So do you think that there are still wild horses that were never ever domesticated by humans? Take a guess. The answer is no. But there's a type of horse that everyone thought was wild. It's called a Przewalski's horse. It's originally from Mongolia and many people called it the only truly wild horse alive today. There are of course extinct wild horses. But after a team of researchers looked at its DNA a little more closely in 2018, it seems as though the Przewalski's horse is descended from horses which were domesticated 5,500 years ago by the Bowtie people in Kazakhstan. So even though its ancestors were domesticated a long time ago, this horse is still technically feral, not wild. And this horse is rare, really rare. In fact, the Przewalski's horse was actually extinct in the wild, but thanks to successful breeding programs at zoos and conservation efforts, this small stocky horse has been reintroduced into its native habitat. Now, who's ready for some excellent wacky facts about horses? Me? Huh? Samantha? Wild and wacky wild animal facts. Wild and wacky animal facts. Wild and wacky animal facts. Let's start the countdown. 10 amazing facts about horses. Number 10, horses are found on every continent except Antarctica. Number nine, 
Horses are measured in hands. A hand equals four inches. Number eight, horses are herbivores. They mostly eat grass, but domesticated horses also enjoy oats, barley, and hay. Number seven, baby horses are called foals. Number six, baby horses are much more independent than baby people. Foals can run just hours after birth. Number five, there are more than 350 horse breeds. Number four, horses are social animals. Feral horses live in herds of three to 20 members. Number three, horses can live for over 30 years. Number two, the speed at which a horse walks is called a gait. They can walk, trot, canter, and gallop. Gallop is the fastest. And number one, a pony isn't a baby horse. It's an adult horse that's shorter than 140 centimeters. Now, if you're like me and can't get enough of horses, you'll love to hear about a place in Toronto called the Community Association for Riders with Disabilities, or CARD in short. People go there to practice therapeutic riding, which means having people ride horses for therapeutic reasons, like helping with balance, coordination, and strength. The horses and the staff in CARD help young clients from the age of four and even people in their 60s to cope with challenges they may experience because of their disability. For a bit more about therapeutic riding, let's talk to Shauna Walden and see what we can learn about these helpful horses. Hello, Shauna speaking. Hi, Shauna. This is Earth Ranger Emma from the Earth Rangers podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for calling. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm doing an episode all about horses today, and I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions. Absolutely. I always like to talk about horses. Awesome. Are you riding a horse right now? No, I'm not. I wish, but it would be a little dangerous to answer the phone while riding, but I'm getting ready to ride after our call. Oh, right. No, that makes sense. Just would have been cool, though. It would have been cool. I could have put the phone to their face and they could have said hi. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I have to say that besides being an international wildlife investigator and podcaster, it's always been my dream to work with horses. Now, you get to work with horses and people. That's super amazing. Can you tell me how you got to do this job? Like, have you always had a soft spot for horses in your heart? I have actually always always loved horses since the time I was really young. But because I lived in the city, I only got to see them during a summer at summer camp until I was about 14 when my best friend uh, came across this barn called Card, which is a barn that's in the city. And we came to check it out and we found out that Card um, is a volunteer-based stable. And when I got to see people my age as clients or younger than me or older than me, And they would find things really hard that I did very easily. And then I could see how the horse helped them to master those skills. It was a huge eye-opening moment for me. And I just never stopped working at card. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. So do you get to ride a lot yourself? I ride several times a week. Uh, My job isn't just to ride. Usually I will ride more often when we're training a horse to begin work in the program. Uh, But other than that, I pitch in to help the horses stay exercised and fit for their job. Oh, right. I wanted to ask you about that. I'm really curious how horses are trained to be therapy animals. Like, how does it work? How does it work? So there's this whole 
thing that happens before they ever get to the facility. And then they do an intensive 30 to 60 day training period where they're getting training in some manner every single day in the aspects of their role. Gotcha. So it's like the horse boot camp. It is very much like horse boot camp. Yes. (laughs) How many horses live at your location? Do you have a favorite? We have 13 amazing horses, and I have two favorites. I have uh, Muskoka, a big, handsome Canadian that we have, and uh, Splash, who is a smaller paint horse that we have. Oh, cute. Now, can you explain to our listeners how horseback riding helps people? How horses help people? Well, (laughs) how do they not help people is, is probably a shorter answer, but how horses help people, most people think of riding the horse when they think of it therapeutic riding even though there's lots to it from the ground and when a person sits on a horse the way that the horse moves that person particularly their hips and their spine is the same way that person would move if they were on the ground walking so it is the only known replica of the human walking gait and that means for our riders who haven't yet learned how to walk or who do walk but have some difficulty with it because of their disability, the movement input from the horse is going to train or retrain their body in how to move. Wow, it is so cool that there's like a natural similarity between the movements. Only known replica of the human walking gait. You can sit on a donkey or a camel or anything else and it won't move you the way that you would move you. The horse's pelvis moves exactly like ours. So we have three planes of movement three directions that our body moves in when it's walking and the horse does the same thing. So we can sit on the horse and be moved. That's cool. Now, what's a wonderful story you can tell us about a horse helping a person to feel better? Hmm. You know, there's a lot of stories and I like to say that um, our horses have helped people to say their first words, take their first steps. But a couple of stories that come to mind, Uh, one of my riders who was in junior high school at the time was getting ready to do a class project. And the class project meant you had to stand up and present in front of everybody, which was a really, really scary thing for her because she had a lot of difficulty speaking. And when she got anxious, it got worse. So she wasn't sure how she was going to be able to do this. And it was stressing her out a lot and causing a lot of problems. And then uh, her teacher actually suggested that since she goes riding every week and she shared how important that was to her, maybe she should do her project on horses. And that really, really inspired this young person. And she was able to uh, not only give her presentation, but talk really, really well through it and to stay motivated and not get upset when she had a problem with her speech during the presentation. So that's one of my favorite uh, stories for sure. Um, Another one is a young woman who is currently riding with us right now, and uh, she has multiple health issues, which put her in the hospital frequently. And uh, she has always loved horses, so being able to come to cart and ride has been very, very special for her. But uh, while she loves riding, All of the horses, Muskoka is one of her favorites, and her mom has told me that for several days after she rides Muskoka, she will have a a significant change in her mood. She's bouncier, happier, more motivated, and anything that she has to do with respect to her dealing with her health is handled in a much more um, confident manner because 
you know, those things take a huge hit with all of the stuff she has to deal with. But after riding Muskoka, she can handle her various health challenges with more optimism and willingness. So we try and make sure she rides Muskoka before she has any hospital appointments. That's amazing. And I know every time I get to ride, I have a huge smile on my face. So I know exactly what you mean. Exactly. Exactly. And Splash has also helped a, a young a young boy who's riding with us right now and to sit up on his own. He he came to us not being able to do that. He always needed to lean against the back of a chair or be held up. And uh, because of her little wiggly jiggly movement and her broad back, he was able to gain the strength and the balance to eventually sit up on his own without being held. And talk about smiles, Emma. This <laughs> was just beaming. That is completely amazing. Like, it really sounds like Card and the horses have such a powerful impact on people's lives. We call it the magic connection, which can sound maybe a little bit goofy, but you only need to be near a horse for a few minutes to realize there is something very magical about it. And then just by being who they are, um, they, they give us so much. And then all of the therapeutic benefits on top of that, it's just unbelievable. It really does sound like magic. Oh, uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you since I have you on the line. Yeah. Is it true that horses sleep while standing up? Because that does not sound very comfortable. (laughs) So there's two kinds of sleep. And uh, horses do uh, one version standing up and one version lying down. So they have really, really special ligaments across their knees that lock into place to let them do really, really deep napping. But it's not the kind of sleep where they can dream. That kind of sleep is called REM sleep, and they need about four hours a day of that, but it doesn't need to be all together. And for REM sleep, they have to lie down. But because they can get really, really good rest on their feet, there is this whole thought process that that horses sleep standing up. So it's true and it's not true. Gotcha, gotcha. I like the sound of that really deep napping. I think I'm going to try and do it myself. (laughs) Let me know how it goes. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I feel like I've learned so much about horses that I didn't know before. And it's really amazing to hear about everything you and the horses do to help people. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for calling, Emma. Yeah, okay. Have a great day. Oh, and have a great ride. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Rangers. It's official, Earth Rangers. Horses are amazing animals. By the way, do you know what it means if you find a horseshoe? <laughs> Some poor horse is walking around in their socks. <laughs> now, if you recall, I played you an animal sound earlier in the podcast. Just to refresh your memory, let's hear it again. <laughs> Did you figure out which animal made that noise? It's a porcupine. Our animal ambassador friend Quillo, to be exact. Quillo is a prehensile-tailed porcupine, which means she has a long tail that she uses to help her climb and hold onto trees. Prehensile-tailed porcupines are originally from South America, and they spend much of their day in trees. Porcupines are covered in quills. In fact, the only quill-free areas are their noses, stomachs, and bottoms of their feet. 
Now, it's no secret that that's how Quillow got her name. Can you imagine if her name was Stephanie or Caroline? Caroline the Porcupine. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, despite what some may think, porcupines cannot throw or shoot their quills. And what do these rodents like to eat? Leaves, flowers, shoots, bark, and roots. They're herbivores. Also, next time you're in South America hoping to catch a glimpse of a prehensile-tailed porcupine, don't expect to see one during the day. They're nocturnal. Who knew porcupines could sound so very adorable? Now, before you go, you guys know that I've been asking you to send in your own personal animal encounter story. And today, we'll hear the very first submission, which comes from Earth Ranger Thatcher. Let's check it out. Hi, my name is Thatcher. I'm seven and I live in Washington State, USA. Here's my story about the animal I saw in Colorado this August. It was a cold Colorado night. I was in my cabin bed listening to the sound of the wilderness. I heard the crickets chirping loudly and I heard the trees swaying softly. Eventually, I fell asleep after talking with my cousin Troy. My mom fell asleep too. At 3 a.m., my mom heard a crash. My mom woke. She went downstairs, tiptoeing, to investigate. She peeked out the window, and she saw something shocking. The sun rose, and I woke up very early. My sleepy eyes led me downstairs to where my mom was drinking her morning coffee. She told me the cabin visitor last night led oddly-shaped footprints. The visitor tried to eat my dinner leftovers. The visitor has brown, wiry hair, and the most mysterious scene was an upside-down dumpster was waiting for us. I had to investigate. Turns out, the footprints, the garbage, the chunks of hair, and the upside-down dumpster turned out from a brown bear. Bye! Wow, what an amazing story. Thank you, Thatcher from Washington State. You really kept us on the edge of our seat there until the very end. Awesome job. And a nighttime visit from a brown bear certainly makes for a good story. Have you ever had an encounter with an animal? I'd love to hear it. But remember, it has to be a real story. Something that happened to you or someone you know in real life. You can tell us your story by going to earthrangers.com slash podcast and click on the green button with the megaphone that says, leave us a message. I'd love to hear all your stories. And remember, by submitting your story, you'll automatically enter our contest for a chance to win a special Earth Rangers prize pack. Well, Earth Rangers, it's been quite a day. We learned about horses and therapeutic riding, and we met a prickly little porcupine friend, Quillow. Right about now, though, it's time for me to quit fooling around, canter out of here before I talk so much that I get hoarse. <laughs> Next week, we're going to meet an incredibly tough animal with a bit of a bad reputation. Until then, my friends, stay in the saddles, have a super day, and keep on ranging! Yeehaw!
Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.